Carol, I had to put my money where my mouth is. Really? Do tell on how much. Remember how we talked last week about how we don't spray pesticides and stuff? I do remember. Well, I was out in the garden and I uncovered a bumblebee nest quite by accident. I now know a lot about bumblebee nests and I did not get stung. They're in the ground, aren't they? They're in the ground and they nest in old like rodent holes. So like vole holes. Oh, Probably not moles because they're tunnels. So shallow holes, like they go into old mouse nests and stuff, Uh which explains why I was looking, I was taking out this aster as I am doing this year. And I was looking around and I saw this dead plant and I was like, why would you be dead? I mean, it's done nothing but rain. Right. And so I start peeling away and I'm like, oh, I bet you a vole killed this. And then all of a sudden I uncovered lots of baby bumblebees. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little scary. Well, so I can't. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it is National Pollinator Week, so it would be all kinds of wrong to kill bumblebees this week of of anyway. Right. And I wouldn't kill them anyway. Somebody offered me a beekeeper, which made me laugh out loud because I was like, well, I am a beekeeper, so I could. I could handle it, but I didn't want to kill them. They were adorable in their little bumblebee way. And they're also kind of endangered now, at least in Oklahoma. So those asters? Yeah, they're going to stay for a while. All right. Till fall. Well, get us started on this episode, Dee. Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dee Nash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on seven and a half acres out in the country. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. It's about a third of an acre. We call ourselves Garden Angelists because we are evangelists for gardening. We love it and we want you to love it too. Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Dee. Hello, Carol. Do you want a Masha moment before uh, we do our garden updates? Oh, it's been a while. Yes. So Masha's growing leaps and bounds. She is a long, skinny, teenaged cat now, but she's starting to get her little rough on her Uh chest. And right now she is lying on my kitchen table, which I would have never let a cat do before. And she's lying, but she's so happy and she's quiet and she's lying in the sun and she's giving herself a bath. Oh, how nice. Yeah, she's cute. So what did you do in the garden this week? So D, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. I edged all the beds in the back, which I've been wanting to do for like two years. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And it looks really good. And I wrote a blog post about it. Nice. You've been writing blog posts every day, which I'm kind of impressed by. I did. I did not write one for yesterday that would have come out this morning. But yes, I, I will probably write one tonight. Cool. So I also, I picked more peas. Yum. The snow peas are fading out. The snap peas, yeah, they're starting to fade. And the uh, shelling peas, probably one more good picking and those will be done. I did cut back my goldenrods and my asters. And I cut back the Amsonia mm-hmm. because I don't want it to self-sow all over. And that is the hugest mess of all messes because the sap is like Elmer's glue. Yeah, it's latexy sap. And it, oh, it's horrible. It gets everywhere. And I have to cut one back too because in my lower garden, there's one that is just out of control. I kind of wish it wasn't down there. So I cut it back because I don't want the seeds to mature because I don't. Even it's more. very hard to dig out. But I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this fall, I might dig it out. 
Wow. If you dig out your Amazonia, I might dig out that one too. I have two others that are in a different spot and they're not, they're the thread leaf type uh-huh. and that they don't get as nutty crazy as that other type. And I, I like them better. I think they're prettier in the fall. I like the foliage better and I hate this latex glue stuff. Well, and I, I remember a couple of falls ago, I did dig out one elsewhere in the garden and I managed to completely, I mean, every once in a while, a little sprout will come up, but I'm just pulling it out. So mm. I, I can do it and I might. How about your garden? Um, okay. So in my garden, my zinnias um, are finally starting to take off because we've finally gotten some warm weather and they really want warm weather. But I went ahead and planted more zinnia and cosmos seeds in the cutting gardens. Um, I saw a few I liked online, of course I did. And so I just want, you know, and I'm not completely happy with the ones I started inside. They've had a rough spring, but they're starting to come along. It ought to be really pretty. Anyway, here's what I sewed outside direct. Sweet 16 Cosmos. It is a pink one. Woohoo! I already love, love apricot lemonade. It is finally starting to bloom and it is fabulous. Um, Benary's giant coral zinnias because the color, I'm into that color this year orangey pink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't it funny how some years you just like a certain color combo? Yes, I, I yeah, do. I'm yes. there. Okay. And then I also did a few more of Oriole because I really love that orange and um, a cupcake, cupcake. I can't say this today. Cupcakes, plural, pink, mix. Those came from Florette, but they're also sold a couple other places and they aren't completely double because I try to grow not completely double zinnias because of the pollinators, but I have so many plants for pollinators that I can indulge myself with cupcakes. You you can indulge yourself. And then um, we also got two inches of rain on Saturday night. I didn't even know we were supposed to get a storm. We were eating with friends and Bill had mowed where the barn used to be. Yeah. There was all this ash. That ash blew so hard when that front came in, it blew into our garage and it also blew over all of my cutting flowers. So I spent all Sunday staking them, but you know what? And rinsing them off because that ash got all over them, but it's all going to be okay. I, you know, I've decided that's what the thing is about being a gardener is you have to tell yourself, you know what? That bad thing happened and we're just going to stick it and move on. We indeed. In fact, that surprisingly, I have a blog post in mind for that. And I'm if I get it written in time, I'll put it in the newsletter. Mm. I bet you do. Okay, so let's play some favorites. Okay. Well, I'll actually insert real music. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. All right, go ahead. So my favorite this week, I'm going to cheat. It's not really the garden. It was family because I went to a family reunion down in southwestern Indiana. I saw a lot of family. My aunt said that my grandparents, there are 164 descendants. That includes spouses and everybody. Wow. Um, 45 were in attendance. Wow. 14 have passed away. But there was a lot of fun um, pictures, lots of, do you remember? I remember it this way. No, that's not really what had happened. And then I was looking, some of my cousins are kind of old. (laughs) Anyway. Really? That's my favorite. (laughs) They're older than me. I gotcha. How about you? Well, that sounds fun. Um, of course, it's the daylilies. It's daylily season. We're right in the middle of it. And I've been posting pictures of them on my Instagram stories. 
uh, partly because then I get to label them and it automatically saves it to my phone so that later I'll know what that day Lily is. Um, but However. I, I'm having a really good time in the garden with the day lilies this year. They are pretty happy and there's, and people laugh at me because I deadhead them every morning. But part of that is because I get to go out there and like, look at each one up close. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. You, you've spent a lot of time and a lot of money on those day lilies. So <laughs> yeah, going out and spending time with them every morning and enjoying them. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it's like, if somebody buys a lot of artwork and then locks it in a room that they never go in, what was the point of that? Or having old china. Like if you have old china, but you never ever eat off of it, what is the point of that? Exactly. So I think it's great that you go out every morning and check on your daylilies. And- so they're my favorites right now. And also, I just have to say this. I finally hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. And you know, that's going to get the applause. That's pretty amazing. Soundtrack. It's only taken me, what, like six years? I don't know. A long, long time. I mean, I've been on Instagram a long time, but I seriously started trying to post better, you know, for me, not just for me. All right. So that's a big deal. It is a big deal, I guess. All right. So let's move on to the quote. Okay. Here's the quote. Kind hearts are the gardens. Kind thoughts are the roots, kind words are the flowers, kind deeds are the fruits. That's an English proverb. I do love a good English proverb. I should cross-stitch that. You should. You get right on that because you don't have anything else to do right now. Just No, uh, I'm not yeah, very busy. Not busy at all. All right. So we're talking about a very American flower today. And by the way, when your siblings still work, they don't like to hear that you're not very busy, that you're really busy. They're like, no, they really don't. They don't. They, they don't, don't like that. that. No. So we're going to talk about cone flowers, and specifically, we're going to talk about echinacea and all of the breeding and the new varieties. And you went when we brought up this idea. So we just a little background. Each week after after we finish our podcast, you and I sit down and we talk about what we're going to do the following week. And we save yes. stuff up and we text each other all the time. That's how we're able to put together the podcast for five solid years. So um, we were just discussing this and I just wrote some stuff I knew about them. Just bang, bang, bang. Right. Right. But you, smart girl, went in and organized them because that's that's yes. us in a nutshell, isn't it? I it just is. go bang, bang, bang. And you go, let's organize this, D. So it makes some sense. All right. So our first series. Yeah, so we're going to talk about there are multiple series of these echinaceas that are not purple. Most of these are hybrids, but the first series is the powwow series. Yeah, powwow was one of the very first ones to come out in the series. And there's powwow wildberry and there's powwow white. Um, there may be other powwows that I don't know about, but those are the two I'm most familiar with. Powwow wildberry is a fabulous plant. I do not like powwow white. It's just a personal thing. If you want an all white garden, it would work fine. The nice thing about the powwow series is it's short. So it can go in the front of the border and you can grow it from seed. If I'm remembering right, I think it's a seed variety, Um, but nobody quote me on that. Go do your research on Google just to make sure. But powwow wildberry is a beautiful shade of pink. Beautiful. I think this is the pink echinacea that I planted in my pink garden. I'm going to guess it is. I'm sure you told me to. 
So when people want a good front of the border echinacea, I suggest Powwow Wildberry. And I also suggest another one that is not part of that series. It doesn't have a series at all. And it's called Prairie Splendor Pink. Those We're two, going to talk about that at the end. Oh, at the very end? Okay. Well, those two yeah, are short. Because it's not part of a series. And it's short, which is important. So we could yes. put it here. All right. So do you want to talk about that? There's not much else to say about it. It, refl- some, it starts out with petals, um, you know, that are straight and then it reflexes over time. Anytime I've got an area that, ha- and, and you've got to have good drainage. That's one thing about these. So if I have an area with really good drainage, not too high fertility, I stick a powwow wildberry in there. Sun, full sun. There you go. Very nice. Next series. The next series. The next series is the Sombrero series. Which we love. Yes. And there are tons. And we're going to link to... Now, Proven Winners didn't develop these. A lot of these came from, I think, Darwin Perennials. They did. But we're going to link to Proven Winners where they have a whole page of these Sombreros. Yes. And there's a new one out this year. I think it's brand new this year. And it's Sombrero Tango Tangerine. That sounds pretty. I think we will put a picture because I sent you some pictures of it. I think we will put a picture in the newsletter of this one. I found it the other day at Lowe's and I planted it where I had dug up an aromatic aster that had lost its mind. It was Radon's favorite and it was just, it was eating up everybody. So I put that rose that I bought, all the rage, that shrub rose in there. And then I put the tangerine tangos in the back and then i put red pentas or no hot pink pentas in front because i'm trying to play up that orange pink thing again so i they originally came from darwin perennials i have sombrero salsa red you have some of them too i also have a yellow one i have the, yeah you probably have sombrero poco which is yellow yeah they sent us those or they sent me those one year and i have to say they have been rock solid in fact, one the salsa red one gets covered up by the larkspur every year, and it still blooms, and it's been blooming for years now. And I it's will short. say this as a sort of an aside. When these different colors of coneflowers started coming out 10, 15 years ago, they were not good plants. It's like they rushed them out for the color of the flower. They were terrible. And people complained that they were like, okay, in two years, it's dead. But these new ones, the powwow, the sombrero, and the other ones we're going to talk about, these are... These are solid plants. These will grow Yeah, they're well. very solid. Um, they, Yeah, they're just solid and they just bloom and bloom and bloom because a lot of them don't produce seed. And if they don't produce seed, then they put all of their en- energy in just p- producing more blooms. So if you want some in hot colors, I would go with the Sombrero collection. There you go. The next collection is the Artesian collection. I don't have any of these. Well, this is from Pan American Seed, and they have been sending me a bunch of these, not a bunch. So they sent me Red Ombre, which I got in 2021, and it's back in the backyard somewhere. Um, And they also sent me two years ago, Yellow Ombre, which is out front. No, they sent it to me last year, which is out front. And it's just getting ready to bloom. And it's an All-America selection. It's beautiful. So what they say it, about it, go ahead. The, yellow, the It's kind of a, I'd call it butter yellow, like a, yeah, like good European butter yellow, <laughs> egg yellow, egg yolk yellow. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it kind of varies a little bit like an egg 
yolk. It would vary a little bit more to the yellow or more to the orange, depending mm-hmm. on. So those I planted last year, and they're just starting to come into bloom, and they actually they look fabulous. But here's what they wrote yeah. about it. The artesian okay. collection elevates seed echinacea to offer consistency of plant structure for uniform and highly branched full plants. Also provides uniformity of flowering so all the plants are ready to sell at the same time, which that's what they told the growers or whatever. But that it's it's uh, out front where I'm trying to have yellow flowers and it's it's a keeper. I think that they created the artesian collection because of the final collection we're going to talk about, which is inconsistent all over the place as far as height, color, etc. So the people who wanted that consistency. So they knew exactly what they were going to get. They probably came out with the artesian collection because Pan Americans also who created the other one that we're going to talk about. Sunseeker. So, is that from Pan America? No, I didn't know. No, Cheyenne Spirit. Oh, we're going to talk about that one a little bit. Well, yeah. So next talk about the Sunseekers. The Sunseeker. Oh, and I couldn't yes. figure out where this one came from. And I had never heard of it until this spring. I bought salmon, Sunseeker salmon, which is pink. And it started blooming you know, on a little tiny plant. And I looked at that thing the other day and I thought, what in the world? And I sent you a picture of it. I mean, it's a lot of petals and it's pink, but it's known for vigor, masses of non-fading flowers and dense compact growth, less than two feet tall and wide. And I got it just because I had it at the greenhouse and they were, they had them in little um, quart size containers for for like five bucks. I'm like, oh, for five bucks. That's cheap. And the tag, that's a good deal. The tag looks so pretty. I thought, oh, that'll look good in the pink garden, which is getting pretty full, by the way. I bet it is because there's a lot of pink flowers in the world. And so now you're letting me talk about Prairie Splendor Deep Rose because it's not in a collection at all. Yes. We don't think. Yes. Now you can talk about it. The thing about Prairie Splendor that makes it so Powwow Wildberry is a really intense pink, and Prairie Splendor Deep Rose is less flashy. It blends better with other things. I I like it a lot. I have it planted in my garden that faces the street, which I guess you could call my pink garden because that's where I have the pink muley grass and I have Alabama sunset coleus and prairie splendor, deep rose, um, echinacea. And there's something else pink in there too. Of course, there's millennium alliums and they're purple. But anyway, it has a very orangey cone, which is really pretty with pink. That does sound pretty. It is. It's a pretty one. I actually found it years ago at a really cool nursery. It's a little bitty nursery in Stillwater and it's called um, Big Creek. And Big Creek is little bitty. And I, when I go to Bustani, I go hit Big Creek too. And they always have really unusual things. So that's where I found it. But you can grow up from seed and I have the seeds and I'm probably going to start some seeds next spring. And now the drum roll. I am not growing this, but you grow the H-E double toothpicks out of this plant, don't you? I do. And I suggest it to everybody. So Shine Spirit, um, it was created and introduced by Keef Proceeds, but I but I really think it's part of Pan America's line now. Yes. I really do. They have really gotten it out there. So here's the deal about Shine Spirit. And I actually met the guy who created Shine Spirit when I went to California Spring Trials. And I, I still consider that one of my biggest thrills. Because it was brand new and I hit and I saw a whole display of it. And Cheyenne Spirit, when you grow it from seed, you don't know what the heck you're getting because 
you might get tall white flowers. You might get short yellow flowers. You might get orangey rust flowers. You might get pink flowers. So this is a gambler's flower to grow from seed. Yeah. But you know what? You get so many flowers. And so I asked him, I said, where, how did you create these? And why are they so doggone good and tough? Because they, it's a really tough series. And he said, well, I just took all of our varieties and I put them out in a field and I let them cross pollinate. And then I chose the strongest ones. And then I did that again and again. And I thought, wow, that's the way to do it. You know, I mean, and so that's why it has a lot of inconsistency. And I think that's why the Artesian series came out because some people, it's really important to them what color they get. So if you want, if you want a certain color, a certain type, you need to buy this in bloom, which right about now they're going to be, they were selling it at Home Depot in colored pots this year that uh-huh. matched the color of the flower. Cool. I noticed. So if you saw a pink pot, it was a pink flower, orange pot, orange flower, yellow pot, yellow flower. They will also be selling them at Lowe's right about now through fall, because one of the things about this series is you can stage it in the greenhouse production oh. to get it to do what you want. So anyway, it was just fascinating. And I just think it's one of the most beautiful series out there. And I have it growing in my cut flower garden. I started some from seed this year. Um, and then I just move it around the garden. And sometimes I like the really tall ones. Sounds nice. I should I should grow it. You should try it. I mean, you you know, I know how you like things to be like the pink garden, the yellow garden. Mm-hmm. So you need to buy it in bloom. Yeah, I probably well, but the plopper's field isn't any particular color. Although it's getting it's pretty full. Um I yeah. I might need to when I edge it next time add a, add about a foot to it. I do want to note that Cheyenne Spirit won the 2013 uh, All America Selection Award and also Europe's Floral Select Gold Medal for garden performance. Yes, for garden because performance. it is a tried and true performer. That's why on my Instagram stories, I off if I see it out anywhere, I snap pictures of it and tell people where it is because it's just a really good plant. Now, did I mention really that yellow plant. ombre in the Artesian collection got an All America Selection this year? Yes, you did. Okay. You went into that in good detail. Oh, good. So we also mentioned full sun. We mentioned well-drained soils. You mentioned um doesn't have to be very fertile soil, that they grow in no. okay soil. Yeah, just medium soil. And then I, I always say when you plant them, the first year you plant them, I mean, you can let a few flowers form, but I would cut those off pretty quickly because you really want that plant to get the idea that it needs to grow and not produce seed. Yeah. They're kind of like asparagus. I'll be real. They're kind of like asparagus. You know, you want them to have time to develop really good roots and then you'll get really good flowers. And originally back when those multicolors came out and, you know, we were being told, you know, well, just cut off all the flowers so they can develop roots. Well, the truth is that didn't help them either back then. They were just bad plants. And I remember two of them. One was called Mac and Cheese, and another one was called Tomato Soup. I, I wasn't going to name the names of the ones that were. Oh, I named them. I named them because you know what? I don't think you can buy them anymore, can you? No, they went away. And, it, you know, never mind. We'll just keep, go on. I'm not going to try. Well, anybody. speaking of going away, I don't know if they've gone away, but we both avoid the double flowering cone flowers. First of all, I don't think they're that yeah. pretty. And they're not good for pollinators. They're not good for pollinators at all. They can't get down to the nectar. And so part of the reason we grow these is they're great prairie plants. 
Yes. And they're for pollinators. And we like them. The pollinators like them. You'll have tons of butterflies. So this is why we grow them. Yes. All right. Well, that was that was those hybrid new fancy coneflowers. We got another coneflower topic for next week. But until then, hit us with a quote. No vegetable exists, which is not better, slightly undercooked. That's from James Beard. He was a famous chef and he was a really good friend of Julia Child. I did not know that they were good friends, but that just kind of makes sense. You haven't watched that show about Julia, the newer the newer show about her television show, because there's a whole there's a whole episode with James Beard, which was just so much fun cool. to watch. Well, for the vegetable topic, and for we we struggle sometimes to say what should we talk about? What should we talk about? So I'm we're going to do a litany, and you can chime in. Of Burpee sent me a bunch of vegetable plants to try. And let me see if I got them here. That's not that one. Let me see if I got it here. Well, you got them in the yeah, notes. Yeah, I got it here really in the notes. The interesting thing is they sent me a pumpkin, D, a pumpkin plant. Oh, and it's pumpkins. called buckskin pumpkin. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm not really going to have a space to grow that because it says it grows to be a large vine, which is, and they said 72 to 144 inches which is six to 12 feet. But there is this one spot that I have that's kind of, it's hard to describe exactly where it's at, but it it would accommodate that pumpkin I decided. So I plunked it in there. I've been fertilizing it. It looks like it's growing pretty well. But here's the thing about buckskin pumpkin. You can eat it fresh or canned. You've never eaten fresh pumpkin? They They mean cook it. Right? I don't know. It like says it can be eaten fresh or canned. No. And I thought, do you mean like a cantaloupe? No, they do not mean like a cantaloupe. They mean that you can just use it as a fresh pumpkin. Or well, you can that makes it. sense. <laughs> that does make a lot more sense than eating it raw. I don't think that would be very It would good. be like e- eating winter squash raw. Come to think of it, gross. gross. So pumpkins, but I will say this, like if you make a pumpkin pie from a fresh pumpkin, it is 10 times better oh, than canned. Well, pumpkin. fresh is always better than canned. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So anyway, I am trying a pumpkin for the first time. And um, where else, who else has grown a pumpkin that they, I don't, I remember somebody else said they were going to try a pumpkin this year that normally hmm. wouldn't. I've grown them. I've grown lots of them over the years, but. You should grow it for, you know, for your granddaughter. They take up so much room. No, no, I grow tomatoes for my granddaughter and and my granddaughter and I gardened. Did you just garden? I did. I did. That was so cute. That was so cute. She was so cute. That was all her. She had her little sun hat on. She She had little gardening gloves on. She has gardening gloves because one of my clients bought them for Jan bought her some gardening gloves for me. And then she put on Bill's hat. That was Bill's hat because she sees him outside in it. So she stuck it on her head and then she put on the gloves herself. And of course they weren't on her fingers, but it that was is hilarious. hilarious. And we couldn't, we couldn't adjust them. Anyway, move on, move on to tomatoes because you know what? We grow a lot of tomatoes here because she loves them. So are you growing the sun dipper? No, I've never gotten the sun dipper. Darn it. So it's cute though. The idea is cute. Now their market is new. They sent it to me last year and I loved it. I actually tried it. I think when we were in Chicago, I went on the after tour to Ball Hort and they have the burpee stuff there. And they mm-hmm. had the Sun Dipper. 
this is a very prolific tomato and it's a, I would describe it as a cherry tomato with a handle. So you can dip it into ranch. And the funny thing. Isn't it yellow? No, it's red. Is it yellow or red? red. Oh, it's red. reddish okay. orange. I got, I bought seeds for it this winter because I thought, well, it's so good. I want to have it. So I have my seed grown sun dipper and then I have the sun dipper plant they sent me. So it'll be a nice comparison, I guess. Oh, that'll be good. And you have a lot of repeat stuff this year where you liked something and then all of a sudden it showed up as a plant. Exactly. It's like karma. Then they sent me three other tomatoes and, you know, this, this created the tomato crisis because I had everything all planned out yeah. and you sent me two more varieties. So I am trying like this Florida weave. It's going so, so, so far. I got to go out there and put another line across to get these tomatoes. They're starting to flop. But one yeah. of them's called Bright Star, which is mm-hmm. described as a beefsteak heirloom tomato taste with modern hybrid performance. And we've talked before about a lot of heirlooms. Uh, great tasting tomato, but you just get a couple of them because that vine is like disease infected and horrible and all this stuff. So that'll be interesting to see what that beefsteak actually tastes like. Bright Star. And then okay. two love tomatoes, which they call them love, I think, because they're heart-shaped. And one of them, Gorman Sun, Sunrise, is a yellow bicolor when ripe. It's striped. I'm going to pull the picture up here for you so you can see that. Oh, that's pretty. It almost looks like a, a hot air balloon with that shape. It does, because it's kind of like a heart shape, but not quite. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's, that's cool. for good disease resistance. Both of these are. And then the other one is Garmandi Red, which is also heart shaped. Um, and that one they actually noted, and this is kind of unusual, best grown in the ground. So I think I think it's going to be a big plant. It says 60 to 72 inches in height. Goodness. Big indeterminate plant. Yes, wow. these all are indeterminate. So I'm I'm trying okay. those. And then they sent me two sweet peppers. One of them is called Turnpike, and it's why Turnpike. I don't know. What was that what was the thought behind that name? They do such a good job anymore I, with names. There must be a reason. I, I do not know, but it's strong disease resistance, and which is good. I'm going to compare this to my California Wonder and my Big Berthas because they're all green, okay, green sweet cool. peppers. And then Prism Sweet Pepper is a smaller pepper. It sounds kind of interesting, and it has multicolors on the same plant and what's interesting Uh is they sent me prism as a annual send me that picture i mean show me the picture i don't know if it's a great picture. prism they sent me prism as an annual flower as well because of the color of the fruit i guess because it's you know like red orange on the same plant i don't know sure anyway so they said it's smaller so it's good for stuffing like you could make little appetizers out of it or if you just need a smaller amount of sweet pepper what I just had this vision of you, like a fifties, a fifties homemaker with your little appetizers of stuffed peppers, and I just thought it was you know, (laughs) the thing I was going to say. Okay, one more herb, and then let let's let let me just. I got something to say at the end here. So they sent me okay, pesto party basil. It's pesto pesto party basil. Uh, Late flowering, lots of leaves. They said. And you want late flowering because you don't want your basil to flower because then it's no good. It changes the taste. And so far, yeah. it seems to be pretty, I mean, it's pretty big. I've got in a in a container and 
Um, there's enough to pick and put on some spaghetti tonight, I think. Cool. And so, all right. So what was, well, I got one more thing to say, and then I'll say whatever the other thing was, if I don't forget it. Okay. So since father's day was yesterday, I want to give a shout out that my dad and I used to order burpee seeds when I was a kid all the time. And if, you know, he passed away 36 years ago, he'd be very pleased to know that burpee actually sends me plants to trial in my garden. He would be like, wouldn't he be amazed? He would. And if he he was a dentist and I I think that he used to brag about his kids when he was working on people's teeth and they couldn't say anything back about their own kids because he has their hands, his hands in his, their mouth. But anyway, yeah, uh, he'd probably tell people, my daughter gets plants from burpee. He would. That's cool. I love it. Hey, what was the other thing? You well, you were talking you about, you know, you pictured me <laughs> making these appetizers and having a, whatever. And then. It reminded me what you keep sending me things about the, I don't know, is it the, what's the generation now that skipped all the way to the granny hobbies of the granny hobbies. That's the Gen Zers and the millennials. They've skipped, they've skipped all the stuff and they've just gone to um, granny hobbies, really the millennials. And uh, they're so funny. Yeah, Gardening, crocheting, crossed Yeah, making little <laughs> tiny appetizers and little small peppers on trays. On trays. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So you have the next quote, which leads us into our book. Yes. The library in summer is the most wonderful thing because there you get books on any subject and read them each for as long as they hold your interest, abandoning any that don't halfway or a quarter of the way through, if you like, and store up all that knowledge in the happy corners of your mind for your own self and not to show off how much you know or spit it back at your teacher on a test paper. Polly Horvath, My 100 Adventures. And she is a children's author. She has won numerous National Book Awards, Newbery Honors, Toronto Dominion Award, International White Raven, Canadian Library Association's Young Adult Book of the Year, shortlisted for a German prize that I will not attempt to pronounce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like I should get that book. It's a young adult book or YA or whatever they call it. My 100 Adventures. Mm -hmm. I need, I think I need to check it out from the library. Okay. But on the bookshelf this week, we are actually talking about a new book that was sent to us by Greg Lodes. And it's called The 30 Minute Gardener, Cultivate Beauty and Joy by Gardening Every Day. And at first, when we were sent the information about this book, I thought, oh no, not another, you have to do all this stuff in your garden book, you know? Right. Not another chore book. And it's not. It is a warm and friendly book. Yes. And Greg, who also wrote The Modern Cottage Garden, A Fresh Approach to a Classic Style, which we talked about, he's a very Mm -hmm. congenial style in this book. Yeah. In both books, he's very congenial. In his first book, he was discussing that you can merge cottage style with the new perennial movement. Yes. For the- which is, you know, it's growing perennials. And a lot of these perennials are American perennials. They're American natives, which English have taken and changed up and stuff. So this also, his first book also fits perfectly in with our coneflowers. Yes. But, and then his cottage style part of it fits in perfectly with our pepper your pepper that you can grow also for the flowers and because the peppers are multicolored because they're pretty. So that book was fun, but this one I like even better. And so 
First of all, I thought when I went through it, I thought about, remember that old proverb about the best fertilizer in a garden is the gardener's shadow? I do remember that. And this also ties in to the fact that I go out every morning. So the the idea is that if you spend a little time out there every day, and Carol uses about an hour, yep. right? You'll notice how great your garden can look. And he said, but I don't want this to be about chores. So that's why I love to go deadhead in the morning, especially with daylilies or roses when roses are doing their big flush. I like being out there so I can visit each one of them and get up close and personal and notice things. Okay. And then the second part of it was that his premise is that you miss a whole world out there if you don't spend 30 minutes in the garden every day. And so I thought of an example of my own life from last night. I was grilling because it was Father's Day. And I was trying to get the big green egg to start the charcoal. And I was having some trouble with it because it's been so damp. And my son-in-law, Robert, was out there with me because he was doing the mushrooms for me because I could only do so many things at one time. Exactly. All of a sudden, he says, because we're out on the deck and that's where all my pots are. And remember, it's the year of the salvia. That's right. Yes. So many salvias. All of a sudden, he says, oh, my gosh. There's a hummingbird on that flower right there, right next to us. And then, so, you know, all the, I'm fighting the charcoal, but I look around the charcoaler and not only is there a hummingbird, but it's a male ruby throated hummingbird and he's beautiful. And that's the first time I've ever seen a male. I usually see females. Cool. And so his voice was full of magic. And that's what Greg wants for you. I would so give this book to a brand new gardener. I might give them my book too, because mine tells you about all the nitty gritty of how to start small and all that kind of stuff. Right. But his is more about the magic. And then he gives you some ideas too. Like he tells you how to bring back your garden from the wilderness. And remember that he's British. So there's a couple of things. And one you came up with and one I thought of. And one thing is when he refers to garden, he means his whole entire yard. Yes. And the word yard is old English for garden. So when they say garden, they mean the whole yard, the lawn, everywhere. So he's like, get out there. And then you pointed out. Yeah, he said he would be planting roses in winter. And I'm like, his ground probably doesn't freeze solid through the winter. Mine does. But and I you wouldn't be able to plant anything in the middle of winter. And you said you wouldn't plant anything in the middle of winter. Right. My ground doesn't freeze, but um, I don't plant roses until February, March. That's about when I plan them. And then, so I liked how he said, um, he's, he encourages all of us to have patience, adventure, and curiosity. And he has an acronym called PAC. And he thinks about that all the time when he's out there. For example, you wouldn't see the ladybugs and you wouldn't know what a ladybug larva looks like or when it's in between the two stages if you didn't go out and look at your tomatoes every day. Right. Because this year, for some reason, the aphids have been ferocious on my tomatoes. So I go out there and I see a lot of, actually, I see a lot of dead aphids. And you wouldn't know those things. You wouldn't you wouldn't uncover a bumblebee nest. <laughs> and then, I mean, it was fascinating for about two seconds before I backed away quickly. Um, you know what I mean? I do. So it's a great book. Patience, Adventure, and Curiosity Pack. Patience, Adventure, like and it. Curiosity. That is good. So there's lots of good information in it. There's helpful information, but it's mostly trying to encourage people to get away from their very busy lives right? and have some places to sit. And he calls it a comfortable place. I wrote it down because I knew I wouldn't remember it. 
He likes to have a comfortable place and he calls it making a place for pondering. So his has a little um, chair, you know, it has chairs and a little table. And I think that that is a great idea because he's like, don't just work out there. Go out there and enjoy right. it. He said, our goal in becoming a 30 minutes day gardener is not to be make an efficient garden maintenance regime, regime, but rather to open the door to a parallel universe that is bursting with life to delight in the process of natural growth and to embrace nature's pace. And he goes out there all year. So he's out there in winter too. Now in the dead of winter in Oklahoma, I'm not going to be out there working much um, because it's just too doggone cold. But, you know, you could take a walk through it when there's like shimmering, you know, yeah. frost on I, your side. I try to go out back about once a week in the winter just to make sure nothing went completely haywire. Yeah, because it can. You want to say anything else about it? I thought it was a very it good book. a very book. good book. I'm really pleased with the it. The 30 minute, I'll just repeat the title again. The 30 Minute Gardener, Cultivate Beauty and Joy by Gardening Every Day by Greg Lodes. I think it's Lodes, L-O-A-D-E-S. I do too, but you know, I haven't looked at a deal to, I haven't ever heard him speak. Want me to do the next quote? Please. I'm a dirt person. I trust the dirt. I don't trust diamonds and gold. And that's from Eartha Kitt. And she was a beautiful jazz singer and actress. And I love that quote. I think that one would be a great one to stitch on a pillow. Yes. Because I do trust dirt. I don't trust diamonds and gold. Yes. So our dirt this week. Well, we already mentioned that it's National Pollinator Week. Yeah. The whole month is National Pollinator Month, too. It's also National Rose Month. So lots of different things. But then we found, you found the first um, Instagram deal that's just weird, but cool. It is cool. So I I don't know. Instagram served it up. I, I have no idea how the algorithm thought, hey, I bet Carol would be liking this. There's a woman who cooks the recipes that are found on grave markers in cemeteries. Which I didn't even know that was a thing. And you were like, yeah, it's a thing. I was like, okay. So it is a thing that people will, you know, like if mama said, you get my fried chicken recipe over my dead body. That's a poor example. Because, um, but you get my my special brownie recipe over my dead body. Then they carve it on the tombstone. Or if they were known for a favorite dish. And she finds these and I... I think people must send them to her. Her name is Rosie Grant. Oh, I think, yeah, I think she started out finding them herself, but now, you know, people are all over the world, so they send them to her. And then she cooks the food, and that's what makes it so interesting. And she has 44,000 followers, and I'm not a bit surprised because her, I'm looking at it right now, it's very engaging. And honestly, these gravestones are very engaging, and she puts the food on the gravestone, and if she's in that cemetery, she eats it. Yeah, if she if she is there, yes. If she's there. And so this actually takes us to the practice. I mean, I, I don't talk about religion on here much, but the idea of Catholic feast days, it's the day the person dies and ends up in heaven. That all arose out of cemeteries. And we've talked about this on Halloween before. And it was because in Roman cemeteries, they were considered an area of sanctuary. And so the Christians could go and eat in the cemetery and have a picnic and they could gather together. Yes. 
And that's where the term feast day comes from. It's partly because they we believe that that person's on their way to heaven or in heaven. And also because it was a safe place for people to gather. And I thought that that I, I always think about that when I see her eating cookies, you know, and that also reminds me of the Latino tradition in Mexico of when they honor their ancestors and then they go and they have a party next to the grave. It's a kind of a cool thing. I love her. I love yes. Her. And the other Instagram account I found was called Troy Made It. They have 316,000 followers. But Troy is a potter who was born with Down syndrome, and he makes the most beautiful pottery. And his mom kind of manages the account and does the filming, but kind of shows him making these things. And it is just amazing. But he has an Etsy shop. And apparently they just open it up a few times a year. And when they open it up, it's like, boom, people go and buy everything up. Because you tried to buy something and you couldn't. Well, I went to his Instagram uh, shop and noticed that, you know, like there were some Christmas ornaments that he made last year, but they were all sold out. So, um, you know, there'll be people comments like, when's his Instagram shop going to open up? When's it going to open up? And so... It's going to open up in July, but actually, I think they live in Nevada, but they have a winter home now in Florida, but he takes classes and, you know, it's just, it's just hard to describe how beautiful he's not, he's not turning a really artistic. uh, Yeah. He's very, he's not turning bowls and stuff, but he will um, stamp designs and stuff. And make bowls and just the process he goes through to make these. I mean, everybody has a talent and this guy is a very talented potter. And so when his shop opens up, I'm going to try to buy something. So I want his lavender. <laughs> um, he, he, I just pulled up one of his deals and it's, um, they're like small platters and they have sprigs of lavender that he has pressed into the clay and then he painted them and fired them. Oh. And this was from July of 2022. I hope he makes some more this year. It reminds me of Nan Andra's um, work a little bit. Um, it's amazing, quite frankly. It is. And um, I just love it. I just think it's just, he's just got a very special talent. And you can tell he's a very happy person. And it's it's 316,000 followers. Well-deserved. And he makes leaves. and. He's really good. And he rolls the leaves into the clay. I mean, it's, it's really, he's really quite talented. So those were our dirt this week because we both thought they were really fun. Yes. Although we told people now they're going to be competing with me to buy a piece of pottery from Troy. Honey, you got like 300,000 people competing with you. So good luck. All right. Well, I'll do a quote now to take us to our rabbit holes. Summer was our best season. It was sleeping on the back screen porch in cots or trying to sleep in the treehouse. Summer was everything good to eat. It was a thousand colors in a parched landscape. Harper Lee, and that was in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I think people forget how beautiful the prose is in To Kill a Mockingbird. They remember the story because the story is so dramatic. But it reminds me a little bit of Ray Bradbury's uh, summer series. Yes. You know, that that green gauge summer. And he did three books. Um, one of which is really famous because it's also a mystery, but anyway, just summer. You just, when I think of that, I think of the sound of a wooden screen door smacking up against the door jam. Slapping. That was, that was my grandmother's house on the 
probably my grandmother's house in the country, but in, in the city, she had a wooden screen door. Mine that too. they were just flap, 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 flap. Oh, we were always, you know, in and out, in and out, and just that would slap. And sleeping on the summer porch, um, my grandfather had one of those. And so we slept out on the, the screened-in porch. And also the food was fabulous because it was all from the garden. And last night when we had dinner, our kids came over and um, Claire made the most beautiful fruit salad because everything was just in season. And then Megan made a spinach and um, strawberry salad. Mm, yum. And it was fabulous too. It had a little bacon in it. And so the, and Brennan made potatoes and he had put green onions in them. Everything's fresh, you know? It's like why, why one aunt says... We eat so good when we eat out of the garden. Oh, we got to use that as a quote next week. All right. So rabbit holes, you go first. So I did finally write about another lost lady of garden writing. I was saving up Viola Brainerd Baird for yesterday, Father's Day, because she actually shared a passion with her father. And uh, that's what her book is all about, is the, the same flower that she and her father shared the passion for. And then I picked the brain of somebody who had... Uh, 10,000 followers on Instagram, which was you like, how can I get from 1500 to 2000? My goal by the end of the year is 2000. So, so you're going to do some reels among other things, and then I'm going to share them, but I'm reading a book. You have caused me to be down another rabbit hole once again. Oh, really? Yes. What's that? Well, you talked about gift from the sea last week or the week before. I loved it. Yeah. So I got out my old copy which I had purchased on the beach in North Carolina. And I was thumbing through it. And in the back, as they often did, they list other books in the series, which Mm -hmm. took me straight to a book called Revelations, Diaries of Women, edited by Mary Jane Moffat and Charlotte Painter from 1974. And I've been reading through this. You know, I love diaries. I love, love, love diaries. You do too. And so I've been reading through this, and that's a nice way to spend an afternoon is just pick one of these women. And uh, everything from uh, Anne Frank to Virginia Woolf to an unknown Japanese woman, which was a very sad diary. But anyway. You know, our podcast is kind of a diary. Parts of it. Parts of it are. But anyway, it's kind of your fault because you said that book, which made me get it out, which made me look in the back. And so when I saw this D, I had to order a good used copy. This wasn't just sitting on the shelf. I ordered the physical copy. And I wasn't going to buy a bunch of books, but now I did. It's just good that you have me in your life. Yes, yes, because otherwise I'd just be bored to tears. What should I do next? (laughs) I don't believe that part. So my rabbit hole this week was my own garden. I worked out there almost every day. And it's day lily season, I've mentioned like three times. Um, And also the rain has made my garden a jungle. And people keep saying, oh, there's still drought in Oklahoma. And I'm like, not in this little section of Oklahoma. It's, we got so much rain. But I began taking it back. So I've been pulling out, this is the easiest time of the year to get rid of gold sturm because it sends up those shoots of flowers. And so I'm being really picky about where it gets to stay. And I've been going in and just yanking it out. Now it's it's stubborn, but when it sends up that flower, it it's like it diverts its energy just for a moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. Yank it right out. It's also a good time to yank out asters, 
um, and a lot of perennials because they're putting a lot of effort into flowering and they aren't watching you grab their roots and pull them <laughs> out. So there's that. And then um, I just have enjoyed every moment of bird song and wonder and the lavender is blooming and it, you know, so many white lines, sphinx moths. And if I sprayed stuff, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that. So well, that was, my and we've gotten to enjoy them on your Instagram reels. That was fun. Yeah. That was really fun. Can't believe the moths this year. So what are you going to do next? So I'm going to keep weeding. There's some areas I just have to like make a pass through and get them kind of cleaned up. It's sort of like the last of the spring and into the summer because the summer solstice is coming up in a few days. I can't believe it, but yes. Yeah. So there's a couple of shrubs I need to trim back or they will be forever too big, like a flowering quince. And there's a couple of lilacs. I like to have that done by the 4th of July because those set their flower buds later in the summer and I don't want to cut off flowers for next year. So, and then, right. you know, I got a piece to pick and um, I got some more lettuce to pull out. So I'll plant a few more rows of green beans. So, you know, it's kind of hitting that summer stride. It is. So I think I will fertilize my tomatoes. Um, I have a few on the vine, but they aren't blooming like I like, and it's not a temperature issue. I think you know, all the rain has just washed out some of the fertility in those pots. And so I think they might need a little boost. So I'm going to put some organic fertilizer on them. Very good. And then I'm also still waiting for those blasted asters, but I'm start, I've got one left one and it's a willow aster. Do not plant willow aster people. It is rude. And the funny part is it is all tangled up in that Amsonia. You're just going to take the whole mess out. Yeah. And it's a huge area. So I'm not going to do it all right now. And, but I am going to cut everyone back so that they're at a normal level. So other things, and I'm going to pull them away from all the other plants. That's my goal this week and mulch. Good. And water goals. and weed the carding garden and thin the seedlings. Those are my goals. Are you sure? So are you done? Be out there every day. Are you done? Are we ever done, Carol? No. Are we ever done? We want to thank you for listening to The Garden Angelus. I hope you've hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. We publish every week on Wednesdays at 12 a.m. Eastern Time. And this week will be the summer solstice. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review. That helps us get noticed by others. Could you also share our podcast with your friends? Word of mouth is still the best way to get the word out there. And be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites. And subscribe to our Substack newsletter, the Garden Angelus at Substack.com, also linked to in our show notes. If you do, you'll get a link to listen to the podcast a day early. And if you want to help support us, use those affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we earn a small commission and it costs you nothing. Or you can set up a monthly subscription through Buzzsprout or make a one-time donation through PayPal. Right. We want to thank everyone who has. It was lovely to chat with all of you over the Garden Gate. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.